Pro. Advantages of Liposomal Bupivacaine for Postoperative Analgesia by Rodney A. Gabriel, MD, MAS Clinical Research, Chief Division of Regional Anesthesia and Acute Pain, Clinical Director of Anesthesia, Komen Family Outpatient Pavilion, Assistant Clinical Professor, Department of Anesthesiology, Department of Biomedical Informatics, University of California, San Diego, San Diego, California, and Brian M. Ilfeld, MD, MS, Clinical Investigation, Professor of Anesthesiology in Residence, Department of Anesthesiology, University of California, San Diego, San Diego, California. The duration of postoperative pain is frequently greater than the duration of a single administration of local anesthetic. Local anesthetic may be encased in liposomes, which, as they break down, release medication over a period of multiple days and increase the duration of action. In 2011, the first formulation of liposomal bupivacaine, LB, Xperil, Pasira Pharmaceuticals, Inc., USA, was approved by the U.S. FDA. It is now approved for use in surgical site infiltration, transversus abdominis plane blocks, and intrascaline nerve blocks for shoulder surgery. Although evidence of LB's superiority over normal saline may be found, validating prolonged analgesic effects, we will limit our discussion here to the more clinically relevant comparison of LB and unencapsulated local anesthetics, standard bupivacaine HCI. Similarly, with a plethora of randomized controlled trials, or RCTs, now published, we will focus on these investigations over retrospective cohort studies. Surgical Infiltration Four RCTs involving three different types of surgical procedures produced evidence demonstrating benefits of LB over pupivacaine HCI. LB infiltration improved analgesia over bupivacaine HCI following breast augmentation in one study. However, the authors concluded that, although there is a statistically significant decrease in postoperative pain with the use of LB, this may not translate to an appreciable clinical benefit that justifies the additional cost, because the improvement in pain scores was less than 1 on a 10-point pain scale. Conversely, two additional investigations were unable to show statistically significant differences with a similar primary endpoint, raising further doubt on the findings of the initial positive study. Other studies on surgical infiltration have been of patients undergoing hemorrhoidectomy, inguinal hernia repair, or laparoscopic urologic surgery. In patients undergoing hemorrhoidectomy, one RCT reported decreased pain with LB infiltration, whereas another had negative findings. Additional RCTs were uniformly negative for their primary endpoint for inguinal hernia repair and laparoscopic urologic surgery. Thirteen published RCTs involved the use of LB infiltration of the knee joint following arthroplasty. Two trials reported positive results in favor of LB over bupivacaine HCI. However, one of those studies was not prospectively registered, nor was a primary endpoint defined, and therefore has questionable data integrity. 
The other positive RCT was the post-surgical infiltration with LB for long-lasting analgesia in total knee arthroplasty, or pillar study. However, as Schaefer described, the study results are negative if the original statistical methods published prior to enrollment were followed. Instead, and without explanation, the investigators performed a post-hoc one-sided statistical analysis, instead of the pre-specified two-sided analysis, ignored a Bonferroni penalty for multiple primary endpoints, and propagated the type 1 error to the analysis of opioid consumption, rendering invalid the finding of a statistically significant reduction in opioid consumption. Thus, the positive evidence of benefit pales relative to the negative findings of the remaining 11 RCTs. When compared with a single-injection femoral nerve block of unencapsulated bupivacaine, surgically infiltrated LB results in a higher percentage of patients able to perform a straight leg raise the day of surgery and decreased opioid consumption the day following surgery. However, the value of this is questionable given that LB also provides inferior analgesia and thus results in greatly increased opioid use the day of surgery. Similar inferior analgesia of infiltrated LB has been documented in RCTs involving knee and shoulder surgery for both single injection and continuous peripheral nerve blocks. The one exception is an RCT in which all subjects having shoulder arthroplasty received a single-injection interscalene block with unencapsulated bupivacaine followed by either surgical infiltration with LB or an interscalene paraneural catheter and 100-hour bupivacaine HCI 0.125% infusion. The primary endpoints of pain scores and opioid use within the first 24 hours were both negative, as were comparisons for subsequent time points up to 48 hours. This was a superiority study, and therefore a lack of statistically significant differences in analgesia and opioid use must not be interpreted as equivalence. Rather, the study is simply inconclusive. However, two of three patient-reported outcome measures, the American shoulder and elbow surgeons, as well as Penn shoulder scores, were improved for subjects who received LB infiltration at the final surgical follow-up visit. Unfortunately, the risk of a type 1 error is high because more than 50 comparisons were reported without any statistical correction. Nonetheless, if future studies demonstrated at least non-inferior analgesia and opioid requirements with LB compared with a paraneural unencapsulated local anesthetic infusion, it could decrease administration time, catheter-related complications, and possibly costs. In summary, for surgical infiltration of liposomal bupivacaine, RCTs provide sparse, high-quality evidence suggesting a switch from unencapsulated local anesthetic is warranted. What little positive evidence exists is at best equivocal. Peripheral nerve blocks. In contrast, some promising results involve LB when administered as part of a single injection peripheral nerve block. Adding LB to standard bupivacaine for interscalene brachial plexus blocks 
lowered patients' worst pain scores with major shoulder surgery. In that study, all subjects received 5 milliliters of bupivacaine HCI, 0.25%, and were randomly assigned to receive 10 milliliters of either additional unencapsulated bupivacaine or LB. The primary outcome of interest was worst pain in the first postoperative week. Overall, the liposomal group had modest improvements in the primary outcome by about 1.5 points on the numerical rating scale, as well as improvement in overall benefit of analgesia scores. No differences were found in additional secondary outcomes, including daily worst pain scores, although the study was not powered to detect such differences. Unfortunately, average and median pain scores were not included in the results and a lack of differences between the treatments in time to first opioid request, total opioid consumption, and sleep duration makes interpreting the results more challenging. Two prospective RCTs investigating the benefits of LB for subcostal transversus abdominis plane blocks reported decreased pain scores and opioid requirement for up to 72 hours after robot-assisted hysterectomy and laparoscopic hand-assisted donor nephrectomy. Unfortunately, both were registered only after enrollment was completed, and one did not specify a primary outcome measure without any correction for multiple endpoint comparisons. How bupivacaine HCI would provide inferior analgesia immediately after surgery is unclear considering it theoretically provides a denser block compared to the prolonged release of bupivacaine in its liposomal form. In fact, the manufacturer and FDA revised the label to specifically permit the mixing of LB and bupivacaine HCL to increase potency. LB may be of use in other anatomic locations that have yet to be FDA-approved. For example, when used in a femoral nerve block, LB demonstrated analgesic effects for as long as 72 hours. A future trial should compare the use of LB to that of bupivacaine HCI. Another investigation examined the use of LB for single-injection epidural blocks in healthy volunteers. The findings were promising, in which LB at the current maximum approved dose of 266 milligrams resulted in longer duration of sensory blockade and shorter duration of motor block as compared to unencapsulated bupivacaine. In summary, the available evidence for liposomal bupivacaine in peripheral and epidural nerve blocks appears promising. Therefore, future large-scale, high-quality RCTs and additional FDA approval are greatly needed to definitively determine the relative risks and benefits of using LB as part of a single injection nerve block.